This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. want to welcome everyone that's tuned into Radio K Pulpit. You're with Alana Willie Fear and my program is called Body Matters. And the reason it's called Body Matters is because everyone in the body of Christ matters. And normally I interview quite a lot of people involved in different ministries and people involved in all kinds of things, um, charity organizations, um, some NGOs, people that do amazing things for God. But those days when I don't interview, I always prepare something new that God really lays on my heart, something fresh or a new word. And today I want to talk about judgment, judging others. Are we allowed to judge other people, you know, as Christians? What does the word of God say about it? And how can we evaluate our own hearts? You know, sometimes I often say, There are, um, you know, we can judge people by what we see. Um, You know, there's obvious sin, there's sin like, you know, pornography or things like that that people um, indulge in or anger or, or whatever. Gossip, those kinds of things. But sometimes the things that we really need to look at is the heart. You know, what are the motives of the heart? And um, I just want to read John um, out of John seven twenty four. It says, do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. You know, sometimes we find ourselves, we judge people by what we see, what they wear, um, what they buy. And um, we also sometimes look at poor people and we wonder, how did they ever get that way? Or because they're part of addictions or, um, you know, they on the street. And, you know, we are so easily, um, you know, we've got that judgmental spirit. So what does the word of God say? And let me start again by reading. Let me repeat what I said earlier on in John seven twenty four. Do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgments. You know, often we find ourselves as Christians, um, as I said, judging people for sins, the way they live their lives. And you know what, especially non-believers, but God himself, he said he did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. And you know, as Christians, we are representatives of Jesus. And because we represent him, we've got the same mandate as Christ, you know, the minute we step into judgment, we are equivalenting ourselves to God. There is going to be a time for judgment, but that time is not now. And, you know, while we're on the earth, we want to play God. We want to judge other people, play Holy Spirit in people's lives. And we forget that we also once were unbelievers. We were all sinners. And you know what? If it wasn't for the goodness of God or other people that either preached the word of God or had represented um, some form of Christ, some form of compassion, you know what? We would have also been lost. So how could we judge people? You know, the word of God says that we all fall short of the glory of God. You know, none of us are perfect. 
It's because of God's love for us, because of his grace for us. Nothing in our own being had made us righteous. It's because of his Holy Spirit, because we accepted him, that we are called the righteousness of Christ. And you know what? It makes it so um, impossible, really. You know, why Why do we judge others? And I, I just want to remind you of the story in the Bible um, where Jesus says, he who has no sin should cast the first stone. So I want to read from John 8, 3 to 11. And the scribes and the Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken into adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? This they said, tempting him that they might have to accuse, might have to curse him. But Jesus stooped down, and with his finger he wrote on the ground, as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, being at the eldest, even unto the last, and Jesus was left alone, and this woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those accusers? Where are your accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. I mean, when I read the story and we look at that story, that God is God's grace. He's absolute amazing grace over our lives. And to me, it's just none of us are perfect. You know, we can't take over God's job. We are not here to judge people. We are not here to... Um, you know, break people down and accuse people. That is not our job. Even the Lord says, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. You know, we find ourselves in this world and there's so many people that get hurt and so many of us have, you know, people have offended us, said things to us to hurt us. But you know what? It's, our, it's not our job to take revenge. It's not our job to judge. You know what? We will stand accountable before the Lord. It says, work out your own salvation through fear and trembling. It's so easy to point out other people's sins. But even though we are Christians, we still fall short of God's glory. And it says here, take the bulk out of your own eye before you want to take the bulk out of someone else's eye. And as Christians, we have the right not to judge non-Christians. You know, sometimes it's so easy when we look at people and they do things and they, you know, they're not Christians and we want to condemn them. You know, we want to say, oh, you're going to go to hell because you're not a Christian. Look what you're doing. It's so wrong. And you know what? We don't have the right to judge a non-believer according to 
kingdom principles. Um, you know what, in this week, the, the reason I actually came on this whole topic about judgment was, is I saw a um, Facebook clip and I think it was Lady Gaga or someone that was walking and um, the clip shows where I think it was a Christian that was shouting at her the whole time, you're going to go to hell, you're going to go to hell. I don't know the background. I don't know anything. This is what I've seen. And she stops in the middle of the crowd and she turns around and she goes back to this woman who's been shouting this at her and she cups her face and she looks at her and she says, and she actually kisses her and she says, you know what, you're going to go with me. And you know what, that just made me think, you know, we are easily, even as Christians who judge people, but is it right? Do we have the right to do it? And according to the word of God, we don't, we don't have the right to do it. We haven't been given that authority to judge others. Okay, so why? Because, as I said earlier on, because how can we judge people who do not belong to the kingdom of God, who does not know the laws? And even according to God, there is no laws, but we've got a, a way of life. We've got the Spirit of God in us, the Spirit of God that's transforming us into God's image all the time. And because of the Spirit of God that is perfect in us, we are becoming more and more Christ-like. But people who don't belong to Jesus don't have the Spirit of God in them. They don't have the same principles and values that they operate in. And how can you judge someone who doesn't have that? So in 1 Corinthians 5.12, it says, For what business of mine is it to judge outsiders or non-believers? Do you not judge those who are within the church to protect the church as the situation requires? You know what? If someone proclaims to be a Christian, but is not behaving the way a Christian should, or has backslidden, you know that we as fellow Christians, we are allowed to, um, to correct that person to address them according to the word of God, according to what they say they believe. And this is to protect them for their own good. You know, we as um, a Christian family um, of believers, we are there to help one another, to correct one another, to reapprove one another, to keep one another on the right track. Because if that's what you proclaim to be, then I can judge you to what you are proclaiming to be. And that's not the judgment that is how bad you are. It's a righteous judgment. So in Galatians 6, 1, it says, Reapprove one another. If anyone is caught in sin, you who are spiritual, restore such one in a, in a spirit of gentleness considering yourselves, least you're tempted. So here God is saying, if any one of you, anyone, any Christians caught up in sin, you know, we, you can go and, and try and reapprove that person, try to correct that person in a spirit, it says, of gentleness. Um, you know, sometimes it's the way in which we deal with people and their sin. That will make them turn back to God. And I always say, you know, if you're um, a father, like God disciplines us. He disciplines us because he loves us. 
He wants to keep us from evil. He doesn't want us to harm ourselves. And as Christians, we are, we are accountable to one another because of our faith to help one another, to, to point out and say, look what you're doing wrong. You proclaim to be a Christian, but you've gone off track to help one another, to keep each other on the right track. And the way in which we do it is so important to God because you can either condemn someone and condemnation is really making someone feel shamed, um, embarrassed. And, you know, the people don't want to turn to God, but either you can do it in such a loving and gentle way that can bring them back to God, that can restore their relationship with God. And to reapprove means to get something back to a state which finds your approval again, the approval of Christ. And the most important thing it says here to a state, it's to consider yourselves least you're tempted. So, you know what, we are all as Christians vulnerable or susceptible to all kinds of sin. And what I love about it is, you know, that we must restore such a spirit of gentleness when we correct people, correct them in gentleness, because we don't know if we will fall into that same sin again. So do unto others as you would want others to do unto you. So correct someone in love, because in the same measure you judge others, you will be judged. And let's read, I just want to read from Matthew eighteen fifteen to 20. It says, if your brother or sister sins, go and point out their faults just between the two of you. And I often say, why? Because that's the right way. There, there is a way of dealing with sin. And why? Because love covers a multitude of sin. If we've got the love in Christ of us, we, we cover sin. Love covers a multitude of sin. And if they listen to you, you, you have won them over. But if they will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. You see, God doesn't leave us in the dark. We've got a responsibility as Christians to one another. But when it comes to unbelievers, we've got a responsibility to love them. And that is God's heart. And as I pointed out earlier on, you know, sometimes we want to judge people. But that we, we need to look at ourselves internally and we need to evaluate ourselves before we even think of judging others, which is not part of God's heart. But let us take a short break and then we can touch on how we can look in the mirror and evaluate ourselves first. Welcome back to Radio Capital Picture with Alana Willie-Fee. And I've been talking a little bit about judging others. Do we have the right as Christians to judge others? And the answer is really no. But we do have a responsibility as Christians to keep one another accountable and on the right track. And I've just looked at a little bit about how we do it, you know, how we should correct one another in love and, you know, how we, we go along. If, if your brother doesn't listen to you to take people along, 
and eventually to the church. So God has got an order and we have got a responsibility to one another so long as it's a righteous judgment. But before we can even consider or think about judging other people, we need to look at our own hearts. We need to reflect um, you know, and evaluate ourselves. You know, in Proverbs twenty-seven nineteen, it says, "As water reflects the face, so one's life reflects the heart." Before we judge others, so when we look at at other people, we before we can even think about them. God requires us to look at ourselves. You know, there's sin that is noticeable and evident, but there's also sin that is not noticeable. And we are going to chat about the motives of one's heart. You know, sometimes what you think you're doing is godly. is not what, what you think is right is not always godly. You know, we can do things with the wrong motives. And you know what? People think what you're doing is good, but God judges your heart. And sometimes that sin is so deeply embedded inside of you that only you and God know about it. But before we touch on that, let's go back to touch a little bit on the history of the law versus the new covenant. Okay, so during the Old Testament, we know that people lived according to the law of Moses. And the law was at that stage called the Ten Commandments. And that law was put in place so that people could distinguish between good and evil. It was a guideline whereby the Israelites would um, could measure sin. You know, if you if you don't know what sin is, you cannot be be judged according to something that you don't know. Am I right? And coming back to that, what I mentioned earlier on, you cannot um, judge a non-believer when they don't fall part of, of what you believe. And so just like a parent that couldn't punish their children unless they set the foundation and rules, so God had to bring in the law in order for judgment to be established. Now, this judgment is not a judgment of on this earth. You know, God had came, he said he came to save us, not to judge us. But one day we are going to stand before the Lord and we're going to give account for everything that we've done on this earth. And God doesn't just look at our outward, what we do on the outer, that's sin that's evident, but he also looks at the heart. He's more concerned about the attitude of your heart. And in Romans 5, 13, it says, yes, people have sinned even before the law was given, but it was not counted as sin because there was not yet any law to break. Okay, I just want you to think about that. Why was the law put in place? Okay, because people sinned even before the law was given, but it was not counted as sin. How would you know what sin is if you haven't been told what it is? So it was not counted as sin because there was not yet any law to break. Okay, so that is why God had to give the Ten, ten Commandments. They were guidelines that would protect the Israelites Um and, and guidelines they could live according to. But when Jesus came, with the, the Holy, you know, the Holy Spirit never dwelled on the earth during that time. Although the Spirit was, of God was only given to the prophets, the kings and the priests during that time. You see, Moses was chosen as a prophet to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. He was 
God's representative. God didn't speak. The Holy Spirit didn't dwell on the earth. God chose certain people, um, which would have been his representative. And one of them was Moses during that time. And the law was given to the Israelites to guide them into a lifestyle that would be pleasing to God. And this had the basic principles that would govern the Israelites and they had to listen and obey to obey the laws. And the law was only based on works. Now, if we think about the law, it was only works. Therefore, people could keep the law, even though the attitudes were not right. You see, the law did not judge the people's intentions attitudes, or their motives. For example, you could tell your children to clean their room, but if they got a bad attitude um, cleaning it up, although they clean it up, the attitude of their hearts are more important. So at the end of the day, they clean up their room with a bad attitude. You see, the Pharisees were also known in the Old Testament as those who were very legalistic and followers of the law of Moses. They knew the law very, very well and followed it. But they were rigid to the point of no compassion. They were judgmental towards others who did not keep the law. They abided in the law, but their hearts were far from God. And today we call that a religious spirit. You know, sometimes we get so caught up in follow, following the rules, you know. There are some Christian hassles where things are so rigid, you know, to the point where there's no compassion. Children are raised in strict, staunch households. And the Word of God says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. There should be joy and peace. But, you know, when it comes to the law, when it comes to keeping all these things that you have to keep in order to please God, then you're not following the spirit. Then you are are operating in the law. And that is what religion is about. But we don't serve a God of religion. We serve an awesome, powerful God that has given us freedom. It says the kingdom of God is righteousness, joy and peace in the spirit. And that is what we should be experiencing when we serve God. So the law was incomplete until Jesus, the Messiah, came to complete the law. The law justifies the work done, but Jesus came to justify the attitude of one's heart. And just to put all of this in perspective, and the reason I'm coming back to the law is, and and judging people, we are easy to judge people on what they do. When we look at people, drug addicts, and we look at people that have done all kinds of stuff, but we don't always see where does it come from. God knows their hearts. Only God knows truly who they are. And only God can judge them. It's not our responsibility to judge them. So that is why God had to fulfill the law. And in Matthew 5, 17, it says, Do not think I've come to abolish the law of the prophets. I've not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. What Jesus is saying is that it's good for you and I to keep the laws. It's guidelines between what is right and wrong. But you will not be judged according to the law. We no longer need to earn God's acceptance by what we do. 
you know, we, we do it because let's, so let's focus on righteousness. Before the law, we needed to work in order to be righteous. In other words, to be in right standing with God. Now we only have to accept Jesus to be righteous. When we commit our lives to the Lord, he will come and live in us and he will make us willing and able to obey him. His spirit in us makes us righteous and acceptable to him. And that's in Romans 3.22. Righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all that believe. So even though we got the spirit of God in us, you know, we are not, we will not be judged just according to what we do, obviously, but God is the one that makes us willing and able to obey him. God looks at the motives of our hearts. You know, I, the Lord, search the heart, I taste the mind, and even to give each man according to his ways, according to the results of his deeds. It says in Matthew 5, 8, it says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. You see, God sees not a man as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So what I'm talking about is before we can judge we even think about judging other people. We need to evaluate ourselves. We need to seize our hearts in right standing with God. You know, are we pure in heart? You know, and I told you sometimes there are sins that are outward sin, like physical, someone beating someone up or whatever it might be. That's evident to everyone to see. But what is going on in the in the inside? And yes, just an example in five, in Matthew five twenty eight it says, "But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart." Now, no one would know that from the outside. No one knows what's going on in someone else's heart. Only God knows. You see, no sin has been committed physically. But it's in the sin, but it is the sin that manifests within the hearts that matters the most. And what I'm saying is sometimes we easy to judge, even though we've got our own sin. And that sin might not be evident to the world, because you know what? We can cover up the sin. God knows that inner sin. You know, even those of us who are involved in ministry, do you know how easy it is? to fall into temptation. Sometimes we're so busy with the things of God that we are not busy with God. You know, it says, you're not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of the Father in heaven. Many will say to me in the day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name and drove out demons in your name, performed many miracles? And then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Why? Because it's not the works. It's the relationship that we have with God. It's, it's our hearts that God looks at. And you know what? I, I love this in Psalm 19.12 where David says, But who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. King David knew that there are times that we sin without knowing it. We don't, sometimes we don't even realize it. Yet he called on God to forgive him for his unknown sin. 
David also cried out to the Lord and said, Create in me a pure heart, O Lord, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will turn back to you. David realized that, you know what? The heart is deceitful above all things. We can get away with sin in our hearts very easily if we do not confess, if we do not um, open up and, um, as the word says, confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed. And we can get away with it as people because, you know, it's not an outward sin, it's an inward sin, it's a hidden sin. But God eventually will judge each one of us according to our sin. And the story that I, I spoke about when I said to, told you about Lady Gaga, and, and I think often, you know, what we as Christians, we get offended um, with other people, what they do. And the word says, in the same measure, measure we judge, we will be judged. And sometimes we find ourselves even with a, in a place of bitterness and resentment and anger towards others because, because of what others have done to us. And, um, and sometimes people don't see that. Only we and God knows that. And you know, that's sin. That is also sin. But we're quick to judge other people of what they didn't do and did do, but we don't realize the sin of our own bitterness and the sin of our own unforgiveness. And I just want to read again in Jeremiah 79 says, The heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who knows how bad it really is? You see, anything that is not motivated by a pure heart or love is not from God. So we can't think that we're going to get away with it. So what I'm trying to say is evaluate your own heart before you want to judge others. Take the bulk out of your own eyes. And that scripture that I mentioned right at the beginning that says, as water reflects the face, so one's life reflects the heart. And to me, that is so powerful. We don't have a right to judge you know that we are so imperfect in our own ways. How can an imperfect person judge another imperfect person? Through what lenses are we judging other people when we ourselves are not perfect? And sometimes it's out of our own sins and our own hurts and our own bitterness and our own anger that we want to do it. And as I said earlier on, God says, Revenge is mine, I will repay. And we have a responsibility for ourselves before God. We need to keep our hearts pure and clean. We need to, to confess our sins. One of the most important things that we as Christians can do to keep our hearts clear and to keep our own hearts um, pure is to forgive. One of the things is to walk in forgiveness. And the Lord says, I will forgive you as you forgive others. We have a responsibility to walk in forgiveness. 
Why? Because that forgiveness sets us free. The minute we judge people, the minute we hold on to bitterness, anger, resentment, grudges, we captivate ourselves. And you know what? Forgiveness is one of the biggest ways in which we could set other people free. It's never our responsibility to judge. We are not God. We were never given that responsibility. But once you take on that responsibility, you become the sinner. And no longer the sinner. The sinner is the sinner, but you become the sinner when you start judging. And let's take a short break and then I want to come and let's chat about who are your enemies and what does God require of us? Welcome back to Lana Willifier, you're with Body Matters. And I've just been chatting about judging others. You know, do we have the right to judge others? And that we should evaluate our own hearts first. You know, as Christians, we don't have the right to judge others, even though we've got the right to be accountable to one another as Christians and to keep one another on track and to go and to, to correct your brother, your brother in Christ. We've got that, but we don't have the ability to judge non-believers. We are there. God has given us the responsibility to be ambassadors for him. And and when you're ambassador for Christ, because I said God didn't come to judge the world, he came to save the world. And that is our core responsibility, is to go out and be the hands and the feet of Jesus, not to judge people, but to love people. And even non-believers, you know, love requires that we love our enemies it's easy to love people that that we know, people, our family members, people around us. But how often do we love our enemies? You know, when we see people on the street doing drugs, when we see people committing crimes, who steal, who lie, whatever. It's not easy. Even as Christians, it's not easy. But God said, I didn't come for those who are healthy. I came for those who are sick. And we are his hands and feet. So love requires that we love our enemies, even non-believers, because God loves the non-believer just as much as he loves those who belong to him. You see, God's heart is for the lost. That is why he sent his only begotten son so that no one would perish, but all will have eternal life. And in Luke 5, 31 to 32, it says, And Jesus said unto them, It's not those who are well who need a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous. Who's the righteous? Those who already have Christ inside of them. But the sinners to repentance. So God is not a respect of person, and neither should we be. And in Matthew 5, 44, it says, But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them that spitefully use you, that you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. You see, when we choose to do what is right, despite the way we feel, we are choosing to do God's will. We are choosing to, to love others. And that is what sets us apart from non-believers. And God will reward us because vengeance is not ours, but it belongs to the Lord. 
Our job on this earth is not to judge others, but to love them instead. We have no right to play God because he has the only power to judge. And in Luke 6, 31, 32, it says, And just as you want men to do unto you, you also do to them likewise. If you love those who love you, what credit is it to you? Even sinners love those who love them. You see, consistent love can even melt the hardest of hearts. It can heal the wounds of the brokenhearted. It can quiet the fears of an anxious person. And it can turn the lost and the hopeless towards Jesus. Why? Because love never fails. You know that only because of Jesus, God inside of us, it says God is love. There's a scripture that says God is love. So if God is love and we give our hearts to Jesus, then love is inside of us. You know that we are unable to love without the Spirit of God. And it's only because of the Spirit of God that we are able to love those people, those people who don't even serve Him. And I just want to remind you again that all of us were sinners. All of us were sinners at one stage. Maybe someone had compassion on you and that made you turn to God. Maybe someone, a Christian, reached out to you. Maybe someone preached the word of God. Maybe someone was kind to you in the midst of your sin. And that made you come to Jesus. And that is God's heart. By judging others, you are sinning. You are sinning. You are the become the sinner. So clothe yourself with love. As Christians, we need to clothe ourselves in love every day and strive to grow and mature in Christ so that His love can flow in us and through us so that we may be perfected in his love. Colossians 3.14 says, And above all these put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. I want to emphasize on 1 John 4.17 that says, By this is love, God's love, perfected within us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in the world. And I want to say that so as Christ God is, so are we in the world. Why? Because we represent him. We represent love, not judgment. You see, the scripture is so powerful. It stipulates that we are like God himself in this world when his love is perfected in us. And as he is, so are we in this world. When we manifest the fruits of love in our lives, we become the true reflection and character of Jesus Christ. So I want to end with that. And I, my heart today was just to say to you and I, don't judge. That's not your job. It's not my job. You know, sometimes we want to play Holy Spirit in other people's lives. You know, as Christians, sometimes we think we're better off than other people. You know, because we've got Christ in us and everybody else that doesn't serve God is, oh, you know, look at them. And you know what? We are not being godly. We are not reflecting God's love. Even God himself is not looking at them thinking that 
He's saying, I came for them. I came for them. I need you to go out and reach out to them, not judge them. You know, we often put ourselves above others. But you know what? We can also, we can easily fall into sin ourselves. And you know, one of the biggest things that we hold on to is unforgiveness. Unforgiveness, you know, unforgiveness can make a person so sick. When bitterness and anger and all of that sets in one's body, it becomes like cancer that eats you up on the inside. And you know what? You think you're so right because someone else did something so bad to you. But the minute you struggle to forgive them, you become the sinner. It might not be obvious, but your heart becomes hard. And when your heart becomes hard towards your abuser or the person that hurt you, Sometimes it's even harder. The Bible says it's harder to win someone over who has a hard heart. We need to guard our hearts. We need to have a soft, pliable heart in God's hands. We need to hand those people over to God. It says, love your enemies, bless them, pray for them. And we need to come with the opposite spirit so that we can stand before God on the day of judgment with a clean heart, with a clear conscience. So let me just pray for you today. Father God, I pray that this message will reach every person, Father, that needs to hear this today, where there's bitterness and unforgiveness in any of your children's hearts, Father. I pray today that this word will convict them, Father, to forgive, to hand over, to let go, Father, so that they can be yielded in you, Jesus Christ, so that you can create within us a pure heart and a steadfast and renewed spirit, Father. Thank you, Lord. That is not our job to judge. You are the ultimate judge. As your children, we are only here to love, Father, to love and represent you well on this earth, Father. You've come for the non-believers. You've come for the sinners. You love them just as much as you love us, Father. And that is your mission, is that none will be lost, but all will be saved. Help us today to represent you well. Forgive us of our sins, Father. Help us to forgive others so that you can forgive us, so that you can clear and wash us clean from our own faults, from our own sins. Because your word says none of us are perfect. Yet we want to judge others who are not perfect when we are not perfect ourselves. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. Even as I am talking, Lord, we there's so many things that crosses our minds during the day that we don't even know we judge people all the time. Forgive us of our hidden sin, our hidden, our hidden faults, Father. Wash us clean today. Make us so aware of your presence, of your love, of your heart, Father, that you have for us and for others. 
In Jesus' name I ask this, Lord. Amen. Well, I hope that this word encouraged you and that you, um, you know, that this will just sink into your heart. That we will stand, you and I will stand before God, not for what other people have done, but for our own hearts, our own motives of our hearts. And yeah, so if you enjoyed this program, please join me again next Saturday at the same time, five o'clock. And um, you're looking forward to, to chatting to you again. Have a wonderful and beautiful week. From me, Alana Willie, for you, goodbye. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.